0: believe it will be coming on the screen in a few moments. Uh, We're going to, I'm going to be using a PowerPoint uh, this evening. Uh, I am going to be asking you to open up your Bibles in a few moments. But uh, I want to start off with the question, how is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? Have you been looking to the Lord? Have you been praying to Him regularly? Have you been evidencing Uh, your trust and your faith in God by looking to him, going to him and and praying to him? Have you been setting aside intentional time just to pray? How would you say this evening your prayer life is? That's what I want you to just consider for yourself uh, this evening. Tonight in our section of Psalm 119, we will consider uh, prayer. So uh, if you've been here Uh, Before, uh, over this past year, year and a half, as I get the opportunity to preach for Pastor Reed, I've been dealing with Psalm 119, and I am uh, rounding down this section. There's 175 verses, and as you can see uh, from our passage uh, this evening... We're getting close uh, to being done. But our passage this evening is Psalm 119, verses 145 through 152. And I would ask that you'd open up your Bibles there uh, with me. I'm not going to have the scripture on the screen, uh, so I'm going to use the PowerPoint to kind of guide us, keep you with me. I have my outline up there, but I would ask that you'd open up your Bibles as it would be helpful for you to see these verses. So Psalm 119, verses 145 through 152 uh, is our section. And what we find uh, in this section, kind of just giving you some previews before we really dig deep into these verses, is we find in this section of Psalm 119 that the psalmist is going to the Lord in prayer. And I just want us to scan over our verses uh, at the start so that you can see very clearly that uh, the psalmist is talking about about prayer. He is in prayer uh, in this section. So look with me at the very first verse, Psalm 119, 145. We see uh, this prayer. He says, with my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord. Go to the next verse, Psalm one nineteen one forty six 146 says, I call to you, he's talking to God, I call to you, save me. Look with me at the next verse, 147 says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. Psalm one nineteen one forty eight 148 says, My eyes are awake before the watches of the night. And then the last verse that we see this prayer is in Psalm one nineteen one forty nine. 149. He says, hear my voice according to your steadfast love. So the psalmist is praying in this section. Uh, and this may not have been obvious to you as I've been going through Psalm 119, uh, but Psalm 119 is a prayer. Often the psalmist directly addresses God in, in this chapter of Psalm 119. He often will speak of your word. Uh, speaking of God's word. So all of Psalm 119 is a a prayer to God. It's it's a praise to God for his word and in talking about many other things. Uh, So the whole psalm is a prayer, but in this section in specific, we see he's uh, speaking more specifically of his prayer to God, of the fact that he is going to God in his life and praying to him. So we're going to consider the psalmist's prayer this evening. And in thinking about the psalmist's prayer, kind of just another thing that I want us to preview as we move into this passage is I want us to think about the situation uh, that the psalmist is actually praying in. What is his situation? And we see uh, that the situation of the psalmist has not changed. So if we think back to what we've seen in Psalm 119 so far, we've seen that the psalmist is suffering in his life. He's struggling in some way. Uh, he's being attacked by others, and we see it's no different in our section um, this evening. Look with me at Psalm 119, 150. It states it clearly. Psalm 119, 150, we get the situation of the psalmist. He says, they draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law, so the situation of the psalmist is that people are pursuing him; they're coming after him. That's what this word "persecute" is speaking of, and they're doing this intentionally. So uh, they're not hurting him by accident, but they're intentionally hurting the psalmist. They're coming after him, as he says, with evil purpose. They're trying to hurt him intentionally. They're out to get the psalmist, and here it seems in our section with this word persecute that it's an actual physical attack, that someone is coming after him and trying to get him, uh, or they're they're coming after him physically. They're running after him. They're getting closer and closer. For us, as we think about this section, I think we can apply this attack. It doesn't need to be physically, but it could just be someone attacking us with their words, attacking us uh, or attacking our character or causing us uh, some type of loss. And these people, as we apply this this section, these people are doing it on purpose. They're trying to hurt us. They're seeing or they want to see the worst for us. And if you look again at Psalm 150 or Psalm 119, 150, we see that the psalmist adds on that they are far from God's law. As he says, they draw near who, who persecute me with evil purpose. And then he says, they are far from your law. So he is dealing with people who don't care about God. They don't care about his law. That is who the psalmist is dealing with. This is what he is in the midst of when he goes to the Lord in prayer. So I started off by saying he's praying in this section. He's showing that he's going to the Lord in prayer. And now we see what he's praying through. And he's praying through a difficult time in his life. I think it is good for us to consider right at the start of our study of the psalmist's prayer and this persecution if we go to the Lord in our struggles. Is God the first place you run to when you're dealing with a difficult situation? I would ask you, are we quick to run to the Lord when our character is being attacked? Are we quick to the, run to the Lord when we're hurt or we're offended? Are we quick to run to the Lord maybe when we're betrayed We're betrayed by a friend? So I'd ask if we do the same as a psalmist. He prays in a difficult time, and I'd ask you right from the start, do you usually pray in difficult times? So we've previewed what the psalmist is doing in this section. We've seen the situation that he's involved in. And one more thing I want to point out before we look at these verses individually uh, is that we see the place the Word of God has in this section. And I want you just to remember that Psalm 119's main subject is the Word of God. That's the focus and almost every single line of Psalm 119, the Word is mentioned. And, and we might ask, is this section different? You said it's about prayer. That's kind of the main focus. And we're going to find that, no, this section is not in any way different as we see that certainly prayer is a focus. But we also see the place that the Word of God should have in our Prayers. So that's actually going to be our theme for this evening, for this section. The theme is the psalmist in the midst of being pursued prays to the Lord and incorporates the Word of God in his praying. The psalmist in the midst of being pursued prays to the Lord and incorporates the Word of God in his praying. And I'm going to break down this, this section into to four points or four uh, sections as we consider different aspects of the psalmist's prayer. And this is how we're going to break it down. We're going to see first the manner in which he prays. Second, we're going to look at the time in which he prays. Third, we're going to see the basis on which he prays. And then last, we'll close with the faith he has as he prays. So our first point of four is the manner in which he prays. So as we consider these aspects, we're going to think about the manner in which he prays. If you look with me at Psalm 119, I'll read verses 145 and 146. And this is where we find this manner. He says, with my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. And then in verse 146 he says, I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. So when we consider the manner in which the psalmist prays, I would say simply that the psalmist is praying earnestly. Earnestly. And we see this earnestness in two ways. If you look again at verse 145, he says, With my whole heart. With my whole heart is showing that he is sincerely, he is genuinely praying. The psalmist is showing that he's not just requesting something and he doesn't really care what happens. The psalmist is showing that he is feeling it. He's not just saying this because he knows it's the right thing to do, neither is he just saying it casually, like we may do sometimes. Okay, if you think about a time in your life, uh, even if it's a distressing time, sometimes we'll just kind of throw out a passing request to God, hope he answers it, but uh, we really don't give much thought to it, we don't give much emotion behind it, but that's not the case here. He says, with my whole heart, with my whole being, I cry. We see this earnestness in this phrase. And then the second way we see this earnestness, if you look again at verses 145 and 146, we see this earnestness in, in his request or what he says. It says, with my whole heart I cry. And then he says, answer me, O Lord. And then if you skip down to verse 146, he says, I call to you, save me. So in his request, he says, answer me, O Lord. He says, save me. And though these are short requests, we can easily gather that the psalmist is desperate. He's not saying these things lightly, but he's really asking for God's help. He really means it. He's saying, answer me, O God. He's saying, save me, God. The psalmist is looking for deliverance. He's looking for relief. He's looking for complete rescue in his present situation that he's going through. So the application for us... I'd like you to think about how you usually pray. Okay, your, your manner when you usually pray. And I'd ask if, if that's not too small for you to read, could your prayers be described as light, flippant, or casual? And what I mean by that is as you pray, maybe it just doesn't seem like you really care that much. It seems like you don't really care if things go one way or another. Maybe I'd ask it in a different way. Do you have any emotion behind your prayer? Any feeling? And and maybe this question strikes the wrong chord when I mention emotion. But we all show emotion when we care about something. Okay, When we're upset at at an injustice. When we're rooting on our favorite football team when we're expressing our love for one another, we all show emotion at times about things that we really care about. And my question to us is, do you show any emotion when it comes to the requests you bring before God? And if not, I'd ask, what's that say about your prayer? Do you really care? Do you really think God uses prayer to accomplish his will? And we see here that the psalmist gives us an example of praying earnestly. These two verses should ultimately challenge us and convict us to pray earnestly as well. Pray and mean it. Pray with emotion, not fake emotion, but praying like we care. So we see the manner in which the psalmist prays, but alongside this we also see how he relates to the Word of God in, in these two verses, 145 and 146, if you look there again. We see he prays earnestly, and he also shows, we see how he relates to the word of God in this. Psalm 119, 145 says, With my whole heart, heart I cry, answer me, O Lord. And then he says this, I will keep your statutes. And then we get a very similar thing in 146. He says, I call to you, save me. And then he says, that I may observe your testimonies. We see that as the psalmist prays, and cries out to God in his distress, he has not lost sight of his responsibility to follow God's word. So as he prays with emotion, as he prays earnestly, he has not lost sight of the fact that he needs to obey the word of God, and and rather he's driven to obey the word of God. His mind was probably on many things. He may have gotten to the point where he was struggling, and he wondered, what's the point of all of this? And we see for the psalmist that this situation wasn't an excuse to be disobedient. For the psalmist praying earnestly in times of need in obedience to the word of God, they go hand in hand. So application, I'd ask, do you obey as earnestly as you pray? In difficult times, are you intentional about how you're following God's word? And we see the psalmist, he is. He, he's going through a difficult time. He's, he's asking the Lord for help. And yet he hasn't lost sight of the fact that he needs to obey. And here we see that we need to both pray but also live in keeping with God's word no matter what's taking place, no matter how difficult the struggle is. All right, so first we see the manner, and that is that he prays earnestly. The second aspect I want us to consider is the time in which he prays. Look with me at Psalm 119, 147, and 148. They read, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. So the psalmist shows that he doesn't just pray every now and then. He shows he doesn't just pray at just one set time, but he prays often. And even when most would be doing other activities, he sacrifices things that are precious to most to pray And here in this section, we see it's actually sleep. Verse 147 says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I want you first to notice again the psalmist's earnestness. He says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. Okay, so this is expressing what we just saw, this earnestness in his prayer. But when he says, I rise before dawn, the psalmist is saying he's praying early in the morning. Before sun rises, he's praying. And I think many can relate. It's hard to get up. Okay? We live uh, in a day and age with our technology that many hit the snooze button many, many times. Because it's hard to wake up. And here we see the psalmist makes it a, a practice and is intentional about getting up very, very early. So before it's dawn, before the sun rises, he's up praying. Verse 148 shows another time he prays. If you look again, it says, My eyes are awake before the watches of the night. Here, he is talking about in the middle of the night. When he says, my eyes are awake before the watches of the night. He's talking about praying in the middle of the night. And again, um, this is a time when people are usually sleeping. And I don't know about you, but there's been some times where I couldn't fall asleep and and I was in my bed just praying. But here we see something a little different than that, and that is that the psalmist is intentional about it. Okay, In 147, he said, I rise, and we get the same phrase uh, in 148 when he says uh, that his eyes are awake. It's the same phrase, and it's talking about an intentionality about praying uh, in the middle of the night. So again, when most people are sleeping, a time where we're exhausted, you wake up in the middle of the night, You want to go back to bed? This man is getting up to pray to his God. Can you imagine how difficult it would be to to get up and pray? Maybe some have the practice here, but he's getting up intentionally in in the middle of the night to pray. So, application. First, these two phrases show that the psalmist was intentional in his prayer life. That it wasn't only sporadic or unplanned prayers, but he was also He also was intentional about setting aside time to pray to God. And I'd ask us, do we set aside time to pray? And if not, when will you? Second, these two phrases also show the psalmist sacrificing to pray. It's hard to wake up in the middle of the night. It's hard to wake up early in the morning. We love our sleep, but here the psalmist he gives up sleep to pray. And I think just another point, as you think about this, we see how the psalmist, we could say, views prayer as more important than his sleep. I think many of us probably want to get our sleep so that we can function the next day, we want to be able to operate, but here we see the psalmist, he's getting up in the middle of the night, he's getting up early, he's sacrificing his sleep, and I think we can take from this that he sees prayer as more important than his sleep. And I'd ask us, Do we believe this? Do we believe prayer is more important and better than getting a good night's rest? Will you sacrifice your sleep to pray? Maybe it's just setting aside intentional time, just getting up 10 minutes earlier to pray. Maybe, I I think we could apply this even away from sleep, and maybe it's sacrificing something else to pray. Maybe it's eating. Maybe it's doing another activity and praying instead. And then lastly, for application, these two phrases show the psalmist pray consistently and often. And I think we should reflect and say, how often do we pray? Is it just before bed? Is it just before meals? Or do we pray regularly, consistently, and constantly? And I'd ask us, what will we do so this becomes our practice? Now notice the connection we find between the psalmist's praying in the Word of God. If you look again with me at verses 147 and 148, he says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. And then here's the connection to the Word of God. He says, I hope in your words. And then he says in 148, my eyes are awake before the watches of the night. And then he says that I may meditate on your promise. So we find here that the psalmist's prayer rested upon the Word of God. That's the connection. So he's praying and he's resting on the word of God. When we saw that the psalmist prayed earnestly in the first two verses, I don't think that we should view this earnestness as the psalmist saying, do something. But instead, we see here that the psalmist, he is praying earnestly. He is praying passionately, but he's not praying this impatiently. Impatiently, okay? He's not impatient, and that's why he's calling out. But we see him resting upon this word hope means waiting for God. So he's being patient, but he's calling for God uh, to work. And we see additionally here in verse 148 that he's meditating on the word of God as he prays. Okay? This is the things that are feeding his prayers as we're going to look at in the next section. This word meditating speaks of thinking, pondering, and even talking with oneself concerning God's word. So here the psalmist is reciting God's promises in his mind. He's thinking about them. He's pondering them as he calls out to God. So application, as you pray, as you call to God to help, I would ask you, are you resting on God's word? Do you have God's promises in mind? Or are you impatiently calling him to come through? That's not the example of the psalmist here. He's hoping in the word of God. He's patient with God's promises that he will come through. The third aspect that we'll look at from the psalmist's prayer is the basis on which he prays. If you look with me at Psalm 119, 149, he says, Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. So here he asks two things based on God and his word, or to say it a little differently, the grounds for what he asks are God and his word. He first says, hear my voice according to your steadfast love. He's saying, please listen to me. Do what I'm asking. And he says, why God should do this, or the basis for this request, and that is according to your steadfast love. This phrase, steadfast love, speaks of God's love for us, for his people, that he has continually. No matter what we do, no matter, or even though we don't deserve it, God shows his love to us. It's a very similar phrase for the New Testament word, grace. Undeserved favor, very similar uh, phrases, very similar words. So the psalmist is not saying, answer my prayer because I'm living right. We might often think that e- think and even say, God, answer my prayer because I'm, I've been a good Christian. Do what I'm asking because I've done this or that. And here we see rather the psalmist is saying, answer me, hear me according to your steadfast love because of God and his love for us. And then second in this verse, we find the psalmist prays, O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. This word justice is actually a word that's used for the word of God. And I believe that's what it's referring to here. The psalmist is saying, give me life or revive me from your word. He's asking that God would revive him or refresh him in his hardship through his word. So the basis for his prayer, the basis for his requests is the word of God. So application, our prayers too should be based on God and his word. The Bible should teach, us, uh, should teach us and should impact how we pray. It should inform how we ask for things and how we talk to God. And then the fourth and the last aspect that we'll look at or that the psalmist mentions, and it comes, covers the last three verses of our section, is the faith he has as he prays. And we'll begin looking at verse 150. So if you look with me at Psalm 119, verse 150. He says, they draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. Okay, so we already looked at this verse, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but again, it just shows what the psalmist is dealing with here. This is the situation, and he, and I, I, I want to point out, or I want us to notice specifically uh, that he says, they draw near. They, they, his persecutors, draw near. The psalmist is communicating that they're getting closer and closer. They're getting physically closer and closer. They want to do him harm. It may have seemed like they won. It may have seemed like he was caught. But then, look with me at 151. The psalmist says this. And actually, I'll read. I'll read Psalm 119, 150. And I'll go into 151. He says, they draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. And then he says, but you are near, O Lord. And all your commandments are true. Okay, so even though his attackers were getting closer and closer, they were just about to get him, he says, God, you are near too. His enemies may be close, but God was close too. His enemies may be physically present. It may have seemed like all was lost. He was done. He had been caught, but he says here, "God is present too. God was invisibly present." It's just a neat picture here, and, and even as we think about application, when it seems like our enemies are close, they're attacking us, it seems like they won't let up. We need to remember we have someone else close too, who is even more powerful. And even more near, and that is God. And we see uh, the connection between the psalmist's prayer and the word of God. If you look again at verse 151, he says, But they are near, or he says, But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Okay, so he's showing how, in the midst of a difficult situation, he's praying to the Lord but he's relying on the word of God as well. So application, when your enemies are attacking, I'd ask you, do you remember that though they seem near, though they seem like they're gaining ground, do you remember that God is near too? Do you act like he's near by simply praying to him? Remembering that he's there looking for his help, relying on him. And oftentimes when people are attacking us, they're hurting us, we feel like they are so near. They feel so close. And God can feel so far away. But here the psalmist reminds us and challenges us to have faith in these times. To know that God is near too. Hey, though we might not see him, though it seems like our enemies are closer, God is very much by our side. So I'd ask you, how is your faith? That's what we see here with the psalmist. He didn't see God. God wasn't physically present with him, but he had faith. He trusted that the Lord was there, and he could say that you are near too. And I'd ask us, how is your faith? How is your faith in situations like the psalmist is going through? Do you completely forget about God? If you have a hard time believing, he's there. And I would say we need to have faith like the psalmist. Though our enemies are near, we need to believe that so too. Our God is near. The closing verse and another verse that shows this faith that the psalmist exhibited as he prayed is in the very last verse. If you look with me at Psalm one hundred nineteen, one fifty-two, 152, we see this faith. He says, long have I known from your testimonies, that you have founded them forever. So the, the psalmist says for a long time, possibly pointing back to his youth, we don't know how long he's saying, but he's saying for many years, for a period of time, and he says that he's known that God's word will last forever, that it will never change, it will never be destroyed, it will remain for eternity. And the psalmist has faith in, that this is the case. He believes what the word of God says about itself and trusts that it will continue. There's so much that we can place our trust in that does not remain. Okay, if you think about people, people have a lifespan. Even other people's word, they may promise something and uh, we count on them, but they fail us. We can place our trust in material things or things that bring us comfort or security, but it's only God's word that can be relied upon fully because it's never going away. I want you to notice again this word long. Okay? The first word in the verse, it's, he says, Long have I known from your testimonies. This word long again shows that it's a period of time that he's known this. That over the years he has become convinced and has only grown more confident. So we see that this faith, this prayer, this certainty concerning God and his word did not just come overnight, but it was something that has been strengthened. Uh, Through his experience, he has grown in his faith, both in God and in his word. We see that there's great benefit in being a Christian for a period of time. So application, start with kids. There's great benefit in becoming a Christian at your age. Okay, as the psalmist says, long. And again, we don't know if he's pointing back to his, his youth, but he's saying for a very long time. So kids, it's, it's a very important thing. It's a, and you have great benefit in becoming a Christian at your age. We see that the psalmist saw God again and again coming through on his word, and it made him more sure of his word, and it gave him greater faith in God. So growing in your faith, growing closer to God, being involved in the church, hearing the Bible preached, will greatly benefit you when you get older so that you can have this faith, you can have this confidence that the psalmist has. And then secondly, for all of us, we see how consistency in our faith aids us. And I go back to this phrase, the psalmist says, long have I known. We see how he didn't just wait till the end of his life or that he, we don't see him wavering throughout his life but I believe when he says, long have I known, I believe he's talking about a consistent life of following the Lord, continuing to have faith, continuing to strive for a godly life. And this should be a challenge to us, the psalmist's life, that he, he could say, long have I known. should be a challenge to each of us to continue to run the race of the Christian life. Not to drop out and then re-enter back and forth, not to turn in the opposite direction, but to continue to live by faith and stay true to our relationship with God. We see this led the psalmist to have a great confidence in God's word and even closeness to God as we reflect over this whole entire psalm that he could pray to the Lord. He could feel that he is close uh, through just uh, knowing this for such a long period of time. So as we consider this section of Psalm 119, hopefully the psalmist set a clear example for all of this us this evening so that your challenge to to make some changes to your prayer life. And I'd challenge all of us, as as you leave tonight, as you're on the drive home, as you maybe just lie in bed when you're alone, consider how your prayer life is going to look different going forward because of this section, because of the psalmist's example. And I would challenge you to practice that immediately. Put some of these things that we see in the psalmist's life about prayer, put those things into practice immediately. Let's just close with a word of prayer. Lord, I just thank you for uh, Psalm 119, and we just thank you for just the way in which we learn about your word, and we see your word talked about in so many different ways, and Lord, as we considered this evening uh, just what your word has to do with our prayer life, Lord, as we are um, to continue to be obedient, ...through difficult times as we're calling out and and crying out to you... ...we're to be obedient. Lord, as your word is to be the basis for our prayers... uh, ...seeing how you promised many things... ...and and asking God that you would fulfill those promises. Lord, even as we have the example of the psalmist... ...that he has known for a long time, for a period of time... ...that your word is never going away... ...that it is established, it is affirmed... ...and Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to apply these things to our lives that we would be people that would look to you often, that you would be the first place that we run in times of trouble, that we would earnestly cry to you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to follow the example of the psalmist uh, in this section. Lord, I just pray for everyone's week as we go out uh, into this world, if it be uh, to school, if it be uh, to work, if it be with our families. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to live lives that are honoring and pleasing to you. And Lord, even as we were challenged this morning, help us to share uh, the gospel, help us to tell other, other people and just to announce to other people uh, Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done. Lord, help us as we go into our weeks. In your name I pray. Amen.